Welcome to Small Things Make a Big Difference. My name is Spencer Holt. I'm a father of four, a married amazing wife. I have lived in Canada, the USA, and in England. I speak all three Englishes fluently. I currently work at AstraZeneca in the pharmaceutical industry where I'm head of our global commercial learning and I'm passionate about how do we as leaders be more intentional in who we're trying to become and help bring out the best in others. This is a series of interviews of leaders all over the world. So join us, share it with others, and let's focus on the small things that make a big difference. When you think of the word collaboration, what comes to mind? Before I give you a definition, I'm gonna explain what happened to me literally Sunday night. My daughter, Anne, who's amazing, comes to me and both my my wife and I, and she's got this presentation, literally a PowerPoint slide. And she goes, I'm gonna give this presentation. I'm gonna ask that we hold all comments and discussion till the end. I'm like, great strategy, already proud of her. And she goes through this presentation, it's about asking permission to drive her car two and a half hours to go hang out with a group of friends she hasn't seen in over three years that were at her school in England that have, you know, like her come back. And anyways, and, and I'm seeing this, I'm like, there's no possible way. So then what she does in the next slide says, I know you're going to be worried about me driving by myself. So I've talked to Ty, my other son, and he's willing to come with me. And I'm still thinking there's not a chance. However, I was supposed to hold all reservation, judgment, which was probably not my best uh, way of doing that. But I waited till the very end. So then we kind of have this discussion. And all of a sudden, my wife says, well, I was actually going to go to New York. It's right on the way. And all of a sudden, and, and Brittany start collaborating and thinking, how can we make this work? And I could not have been more like just at a loss of what in the world is happening? My daughter is actually going to make this plan come to work, but not because she was trying to do it by herself. She originally was going to involve her brother. And then all of a sudden, my wife gets involved. Collaboration is the process of two or more people trying to accomplish a goal or a task or achieve something greater than what they could by themselves. Needless to say, my daughter and my wife are going on their way, both of them getting to do a really fun thing because they collaborated. This week's episode, I'm really excited to explore the process of why collaboration today is so important in today's organization, why it's still so hard, but why it's vital if we're going to ever try to do things differently and be proactive in the way that we solve differently and react to a changing marketplace. This week, I'm so excited. For the first time ever, we have our first guest from Berlin, Germany. Britta Posner, welcome to Small Things Make a Big Difference. Hi, Spencer, thank you for having me. Oh, you kidding? Thanks for coming. So, Britta, um, for those that are listening now, you're you're going to get a, a. This is going to be awesome. I'm so excited about this. Britta is from Berlin. You are the founder and director of the collaboration practice. We came cro- across paths uh, while when I was in England, and 
And I love kind of your work that you're doing in helping organizations and leaders just be better at breaking down silos. And so we're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, Britta, tell us really who you are and and why you're just amazing. <laughs> I don't know about the latter part, but I can tell you a bit about who I am. So I, um, I originally studied anthropology because I wanted to understand why people were making decisions the way they were making decisions. And kind of went from there into advertising. Again, you know, why are people buying things the way they're buying? And then got fascinated by, you know, how to how to motivate people and why when we were working in these big, you know, integrated teams, why often we fell down at the last hurdle, which was politics, to be honest, um, instead of actually delivering a really awesome integrated collaborative solution. So from there, um, I, I decided to found the collaboration practice and really focus on how to, what collaboration is, first of all, <laughs> and then how to help organizations and leaders to really implement this and live this because it sounds easier than it is. And it's also rather complex as a concept. So, so that's what we do, help organizations and, and leaders to get to grips with collaboration. Oh, thank you for that. I love that. And so you, you know, you, you said it just earlier, you're like, Collaboration and concept seems quite easy, but it actually can be quite complex when it comes to executing it. So why, why can it be so hard sometimes? Yeah, great question. It's several reasons, really. So first of all, people really talk about different things when they talk about collaboration. And, you know, at the beginning, when I was talking about, you know, us doing work and collaboration with teams, people went, oh, are we going archery or, or what are we going to do? And I went, no, no, this is not what collaboration is about. It's, it's about, you know, adding to each other's skill sets. It's about, you know, focusing on the output and, and together achieving more because you have understood what the other person is bringing to the party. And to do this, of course, you need to, you need to know who to ask for, you know, ask questions, but also ask for maybe unconventional solutions or learning from how people have done things differently. You need to follow the same values to collaborate because otherwise um, there is probably more conflict than collaboration. There needs to be also a, a way of communicating that allows a, you know, productive two-way communication where you can also argue because that, if it's done the right way, really adds to things. And of course, there is the whole point of, of trust. Um, and that has to be there as well. And so all these things together are, are difficult to implement all at the same time, but also they um, are really key points for successful organizations, leaders and teams going forward. And that's why it's complicated. Yeah, I, I, what's funny is I was listening to your, you know, each one of these things around you know, how collaboration can occur. And, and again, I'm, I'm like, I'm not in my head. Yeah, I know this one, I know this one. And then you make the suggestion where this needs to happen all at once. And so where do you start with collaboration? And, and more importantly, as I'm thinking about, you know, as we're kind of tackling 2021, why is this so important? Like, so how do I start to do this? If I haven't been really successful in the past or I'm currently working on a team or like, oh my gosh, I'd love to get better at this. Where do we start with all of those points? Like what, what are some practical tips that we can do? So first of all, I would probably take stock and just see where you are standing in terms of all those different collaboration facets. 
Um, to, to me, the most important one, um, there's two actually. The first one is trust. And the second one is, is purpose. And um, I, would, I would start always with trust because if you have an organization or a team with low trust, you will not be able to benefit fully from any, any potential that collaboration can bring. So that's always where, where it would start. In fact, there is a fantastic um, workshop framework by Patrick Lencioni that, that we use often to help senior leaders to generate that trust because you hardly ever take time to, to share information and take time to understand also what keeps you from trusting, trusting your team or in fact, asking the question, am I trusting the team? Am I trusting the other teams? Am I trusting the other leaders in my leadership team? That's really the basis for everything. It, it's the, uh, sorry, go. I was just going to say that Patrick Laconi, that that's a reference to the five dysfunctions of a team where Correct. that pyramid of trust is that foundational. Is that is that I'm right? Exactly. There. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So so that's together, in fact, with a purpose question of what, what why am I here? What am I delivering as a leader? Uh, why can other people trust me and, and how do I want to be seen? So they really closely go together um, to, to prepare the foundation for collaboration. And it is so important that we continue to live, and I think it started this year already, a different type of, of, of leadership, um, which means we are not afraid to ask for help. We actually are not afraid to admit something's gone wrong. We're not afraid to, to change directions if, if the evidence is demanding that because we are moving into a world where not one person has all the answers or in fact the right answers and collaboration will help and is helping already making better decisions and this is why it's so important especially in 2021 and i'm i you mentioned something very early on and how does this correlate with this concept of trust because you know i think we've all kind of said yes we need to be more trusting and yet Sometimes we can look around and you're like, I don't know if I really trust this person. You you had mentioned this term, politics get in the way. And <laughs> I think organizations, whether you're big or small, have politics. What is the relationship between trust and politics inside an organization? And is this a potential stumbling block of why collaboration is still so hard? Definitely. Great question. Absolutely. Now, at the end of the day, collaboration or lack thereof is about power. And that's where the politics comes in. The, the, the way to overcome this is to really focus on the output. Once you've realized as, as an organization that actually there is a common goal, and I think the, the creation of the vaccine is a, is a great example of that as well, because you know there was one clear objective and people were focusing on that clear objective. So if you have that, and everyone has understood who has got which role to play in achieving that clear objective, you are more willing and enabled to set the politics aside. But if you focus on the power and it's not really about the, the output or you, you don't maybe rate the other people on the team or you, you think actually I can do this better with my team here than, than all of us together, then you've lost and there is no collaboration. That is one of the major hurdles, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm probably 
at fault for this. You know, your comment of, man, maybe if I just did this with my team because there's less moving parts, I can just get it done. Um, and what you've just described is that just because you can get it done might not mean that it becomes the best outcome. And so how do, any practical tips as a leader that we can apply in our, in our organizations or you know, inside work or outside work to say, you know what, it's okay if it takes a little bit longer and it's okay if it's a little bit more messy, but involving others and building trust and, and shaping it, maybe not the way you intended, but, in, but, but being more flexible because you're taking in more ideas. How do we, you know, ha have you seen that happen? Why is that so tricky to do? And how can we do more of it as we move forward? I, I think the basis for this to happen is the ability to listen and to be curious and to stay close to the people who, through whom you as a leader are delivering the results, really understanding what they can contribute and, and how the ways they might propose to do things, which might be differently from, from my own way, how that adds instead of is just different. And so this, this listening skill and this curiosity without judging, um, I, I find myself and I've observed as well in, in others is the hardest thing to do because we are all so pressed for time. There's such an endless to-do list of things um, that this often come full short, but they're the two fundamental things you can do on a daily basis to get that sorted really. Those are really, I like that. Two fundamental things there, right? Like just slow down, um, listen, <laughs> which I think is, to your point, is often really quite hard. And then this, this ability to be open to other ideas and open to other suggestions, even if it's vastly different from the way that you envision in the future or, or the way that you've done it in the past. And, you know, and I think that is probably one of the recipes for success as we move forward is that because of the way business is changing so quickly, I, I think we have to be much more flexible is that there's not a roadmap or a direction of how things are going to be doing. It's the ability to, to grab a whole bunch of different thoughts and ideas and then make sense of it. And do you see that happening at a more rapid pace today than maybe we, we've seen it in years in the past? Definitely, definitely, yes. Um, I still see many people thinking we're going back to where we were, which I don't think is going to happen. And I actually do believe that this is a good thing because we, there will be more situations where we don't have a manual. There will be more situations where we need to learn by also making mistakes. And, and that needs to be part of the parcel, which is why this, this listening point again is so important. If you listen and you listen between the lines and you understand who can deliver what, you can experiment with greater with greater success, but also you know with greater curiosity. And that is going to bring you forward as a leader and as an organization. And what do you do? Um, because you know sometimes I think we can sometimes listen to this, be like, oh yeah, that's great. However, my boss or my organization needs an answer tomorrow. What are some tips that you can do that when you've got strong deadlines, 
how do you still be collaborative that and then be able to do what you've just said, right? Um, be okay with not having answers and change the way we do stuff, even if the business is demanding performance and solutions today? I think it depends on the circumstances and that, you know, there might be some solutions that, that need to be delivered today, but you can deliver them with a, this is where we're today, we're still working on it, of course, but also there is, there is the, the way to set up systems and processes that gets in the right people in a collaborative manner from the very beginning. And it might, you used the phrase messy earlier, it might feel messier at the beginning, but actually because you've got the right decision makers there and you don't kind of follow a chain of command if you so want, and you work in parallel, it might well, might well end up being faster. Mm. And so, you know, if time is tight, I would always, recommend to work in an agile fashion and, and work in parallel, have the right people there, you know, do pre-mortems, look at, you know, what could have gone wrong if, if the whole thing would have already fallen into the water and then go back that step and save time by putting in the right steps. And how do we know, um, I, 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 your comment around do we have the right systems in place or processes uh, or even the right makeup of a team? How do you go about evaluating that? My guess is that's maybe the, the anthropologist in you is a little bit around understanding that before, or maybe just saying, let's proactively look at it. How do I do that as a leader or just as maybe a member of the team to say, are we even set up the right way to be successful? What does that look like? Well, you know, this is why a pre-mortem um, is a really great technique because if you imagine your project that you, for example, have set up and out and have to deliver tomorrow has gone wrong, you will be very, um, it, it will be very easy to identify what would have gone wrong and which capabilities you are missing in the team because it is about diversity, but I'm not, you know, talking gender diversity, it's about diversity of thinking. And maybe you need to pull in someone from a totally different team who you had never had as part of the, the action team because you're missing that crucial link. But you only know that if you've played that whole scenario through, I would say. And I, and I, I really like this pre-mortem um, activity because you're, you know, you're analyzing what went well, what didn't go well, and how would you do it differently? Um, and so would you say that that is really successful collaborators and teams do that consistently or you know, like, and how often should we be doing it? I, as I'm thinking, well, actually, I want to hear your answer first because I, I think I'm. I don't do it enough. <laughs> and when you should be doing it before you encounter or start any any new project, really, just to kind of make sure you've got the right capabilities in the room and you've thought about the things, and then you should do a, a post mortem before the next pre mortem to kind of learn from the learnings. Um, you can also, of course, overdo it, but really, whenever you set out something for something new, do that and, and, and take that time. I think it is important to constantly though reevaluate, you know, do I have the right capabilities in my team? Do I, have I given the people the opportunity to, and the time to, to think differently and to listen to each other and to, to ask the right questions? And so this is like the entire topic of collaboration really in evolution. It, it's, it's a process. It's not something, unfortunately, that you can sort out with you know, one workshop or one pre-mortem. 
But that's my answer. What's your answer, Spencer? Yeah, I, listen, I, I'm <laughs> actually thinking to myself, I need to do more pre and post-mortem activities. And, and I like this concept of not being afraid to recognize, I don't think we have the right capabilities here. Because, as, as, and I'm thinking out loud right now, I think that's the spirit of collaboration is saying, it's okay if you don't have it, go out and get it. Like, and that doesn't mean you have to potentially hire somebody new. It's saying, can I bring someone else in from a different part of the organization that can help me be successful? And, and it feels like if we could start to do that more, that is that kind of the spirit of collaboration to say, this is how you break down some of the silos that exist in your organization. Absolutely. This is why trust is so important, you know, because it's not against me personally, you know, if, if someone comes to the conclusion, we don't have the right capabilities maybe already here. It is, we have one objective and this one element is missing. Everyone else is doing a really great job already, but this one thing is missing and that can be achieved by bringing someone else in or, or you know, skilling someone up in the team who maybe has a strength in that area. But that is definitely at the heart of collaboration. And, and this, this trust, this willingness to exchange information as well across departments, across industries even, um, is really important because otherwise we are stunting our learning. Britta, I've got two final questions for you, if that's okay. Of course. <laughs> there actually, maybe even three. Um, now, I've been to Germany a couple times, but I'm interested in this question. For those that haven't, if they have a chance to come and visit the lovely country of Germany, where would, like, what's the number one spot they should go to first? The number one spot. This is a really hard one because, you know, there's quite a few. It depends on what you really really like what i really like is the north sea islands so because they are they are so changeable they're full of character um so i would recommend you go there because that's not where all the tourists are going if you wanted to um see germany as it's craziest you probably want to when it's back up and running go to the Oktoberfest because that really is crazy <laughs> but you know going to the north sea islands uh, just something where there's nature and, and sea and a lot of wind, I would say is, is stunning. See, I, I've never been there. I'm like, okay, I, that's my next spot I'm going to. Amazing. There you go. <laughs> um, and listen, Britta, the, the name of the podcast is Small Things Make a Big Difference. And I would love to hear from you personally, what is one leadership habit, one small thing that you do on a consistent basis that makes a big difference in the lives, organizations, and communities that you operate in? I would say taking the time once a day and just ask yourself, have I been the person today that I want to be? And then answer honestly and, and give it another shot the next day would be to me the one thing to do. Oh, that's, I love that. Per, taking a personal inventory check on a daily basis. And the other thing that you mentioned that's really quite, I think, amazing is also be kind to yourself, right? Like if you're not answering, yes. I, 
I crushed it today. And you're like, I totally made a mistake. That's okay. You have yep. tomorrow to, to, you know, to live into your purpose. A amazing yeah. insight. It's new day, new game. Oh, I love it. Britta, you have been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I look forward to um, seeing you again and talking more about this important topic. Thank you. Thank you so much, Spencer. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed this week's session of Small Things Make a Big Difference, where Britta gives us some really tangible tips on how we can all be better collaborators. Upon reflection, there's two things that I'm going to do that are probably small, but they're going to make a big difference. Number one, like I'm just going to get rid of the ego. When it comes to collaboration, it's not about me. Let's really focus on what we're trying to achieve. Oddly enough, the second thing that I'm going to focus on is ensuring that everybody that's in the group is crystal clear on what we're trying to achieve and the goals and the outcomes. I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what small thing you're going to do that's going to make a big difference when it comes to working with others and collaborating better. Share this with a friend. Shoot me a message. I would love to hear. Most importantly, make the world a better place and have an amazing week. Thank you.